get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And here's your host from up the coast, practically unknown outside of comedy soundcasting, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Salutan, estas me, Tyson Saner, your returning host, and as you might have heard, unless this is your first listen to our program, in which case, welcome, I am a new father. I must thank executive producer Mark Hershon for resuming hosting duties for the most recent three episodes while I was adjusting to having a newborn. I'm still adjusting, but I'm not complaining because I'm pretty sure that's what parenting is. Constant adjustments. It's been great so far. I, I have no jokes to make. It's totally worth it. So... What I've got for you this episode is a collection of clips I made before I went on leave in early January. All clips from this episode are from December 2018 or before, so take a trip with me back in time, won't you? I've got clips from Tiger Belly, The Ramble, The Smartest Man in the World, Comedy Bang Bang, The Mike O'Meara Show, and Open Tabs. I've also got a double dose of Raging Moderate Will Durst Burst of segment, and keeping with the time travel theme, both bursts are from February of 2019. First timers to Succotash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast should note there were no bursts from January 2019, and this episode will have released about halfway through March of 2019. Hopefully actually on the ides. Again, we shall see. Or will have, by the time you hear this. Wee. And to prove I didn't record this very long before release, I've selected two very recent entries from our sponsor, TrumpPoetry.com, from early March, for those of you playing along at home, or wherever your head happens to be when my voice hits your ears. Let's get started. Let's launch our listening party with our first burst of durst from February 7th, 2019. This one's called State of the Union Aftermath in which our intrepid correspondent looks back with some incredulity and more than a little confusion. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the president's speech the other night, during which he presented 5,540 of his best words while surprisingly using his indoor voice. Oh yeah, sure, he boasted of inflated accomplishments and made grandiose predictions and not less than a couple of exorbitant claims, but that's all part of the grand tradition of the State of the Union Address. Everybody does it. What everybody doesn't do is threaten the opposition party that if they authorize any partisan investigations, America could go to war. Yeah. He crowed about there being more women serving in Congress than ever before, totally ignoring the fact that out of 127 congressional women, only 21 are Republicans. He came out against childhood cancer, which was brave. Going out on a political limb there, huh? Can't wait for your next position paper on flesh-eating bacteria. He talked a lot about children, but not one word about putting them in cages. Hmm. 
Other items he failed to mention were the government shutdown, Vladimir Putin, Mitch McConnell, Maria Butina, Jamal Khashoggi, Michael Cohen, Paul Manafort, Kanye West, $2 trillion added to the national debt, handing the EPA over to the oil and coal industries, Fox News pulling his strings, his paternal acceptance of white supremacy, school shootings, global warming, guilty pleas, subpoenas, pardons, tax returns, and the Super Bowl halftime show. Then, after linking Venezuela to Bernie Sanders, he went on to champion civil discourse. Yes, you heard that right. Donald Trump called for civil discourse. The guy who refers to Representative Adam Schiff by replacing the F's in the man's name with T's called for civil discourse, which is like a crazed wolverine telling the rabbits they should all enter a truce. For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Thank you, Will Durst. I'll have the second for you later in the evening, as promised. Our first clip this episode comes from Tiger Belly by Bobby Lee and Kayla Its description reads, A no-holds-barred arena for half-truths, social no-nos, and animal behavior, featuring comedian Bobby Lee and his best friend Kayla every Wednesday. So this clip is from episode 172, featuring... Comedian Christina Pajitsky and the HOV Gooch. It was released on December 12th of 2018. The description of the episode reads, Bobo frolics with lollipops. Christina crushes on the Filipino James Dean. We talk foreskin regrowth, Rudy, dilithium crystals, and a battle royale. And apparently there's bonus content every Monday. Very cool. Now in this clip, the group discusses the cycle of popularity that comedians of various race and gender enjoy and or miss out on, depending on the part of the cycle they are experiencing. Hollywood, right just drives me crazy. It's, that's right, yeah. There's, no, yeah. Be, be real. There's I am no, being real. There is a disconnect yeah. between, let me just look at, yeah. when I see, let me just say something. Go ahead. When I see that you and Tom or whoever has a Netflix special. Oh, you're like, And I go, why? wow. No, I go, oh, it, 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 when, when I heard Joey Diaz got one. I said to myself, on the same one, he's right? on the degenerates. degenerates. Yeah. Yes, half hours. Yeah. Degenerates. Go ahead on Netflix for me yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that out. Okay. Note that. Note that. Um, but there's sometimes when you go, who's that? Yeah, I agree. Who this? Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like some guy that's. There's no connect. Just there's a disconnect. Oh, you're getting me all fired up. You know, man. I, I know. I'm talking about this. When people get thing. things, and it's like whoever <sighs> the network guy is, whoever they approve, and then you, and then you see guys <laughs> that are you legitimately deserve it, right? Yes. They yes. have the look, they have the ethnicity, or whatever they might have, but they have it, and they never get anything. Yeah. It just drives me fucking well, crazy. But as you know, because you've been in this business long enough, mm-hmm. uh, after a while, that shit disappears. Correct? The the blips, the people that mm. get stuff that's kind of unmarried. Very, yeah. very infrequently does it happen where somebody can kind of rise to that and stay there. So the cream always rises and all that fucking bullshit will go away. You think so? At, all the time. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, it's happened time and time again. And that's why somebody like you can work... As long as you have. But the cream, though, sometimes doesn't rise. Not true. Who do you know that, well, we won't say names, I'm going to name it name because okay. it's a positive thing. Go ahead. Right? I believe that Rick Ingram deserves something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And. Definitely. Because I watch him every night and I go, I say to myself, um, yeah, he's a plain looking white dude who's kind of like slouchy, right? 
Right. And he has no backbone, really. He's just no shoulders. He's just like, <laughs> well, he, he walks around. Selling him. No, <laughs> yeah. he walks around like, I have no bones. <laughs> or my bones are brittle or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's always like, how are you? He's like, pretty good, but my daughter. You know what I mean? Just, it's always kind of like a little negative. <laughs> and he was used to be just a riff guy, right? He used to be a guy that just, you know, what do you do for a living? And then he would do a bit, right? Mm. But now he's working hard to just have an act. He's a really funny guy. And he may or may not get anything, but and there's probably fifty guys I can name that are like that. That I go, they're because of the time that we live in now, where it's like just a plain old white guy, right? Yeah, it's going to be harder. Oh. Yeah, it. it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, male white depression. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you fucking boohooing for the white guys right now, Bobby? You know what? I I, I am. No, I know. I, 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 I there's I, a lot of very talented people that that are being kind of on the outskirts because they are unfortunately white guys right now. Yeah, it's not like it's it's like if racism reversed and black people were lynching white people. Right. I wouldn't be like you know what I mean. Yeah, finally. You know what I mean. It'd be yeah, like it's course. a sad thing. Of course. I want everyone to work. Of course. Right. I, I think that you know throughout show business, ethnics like myself. And you, I guess. Um, we, you. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we, I mean, in the late, in the late, late 90s, Abby set up a meeting with ICM with me and they looked at me from across the table and said, we think you're funny. I go, and they go, we can't sign you because you'll never work. Oh, Jesus And I go, Christ. what do you mean? He's like, it's just your type. It's like, you're never going to work. And now look. I know. My point though Hilarious. is that, but that, you know, so, you know, I don't like it. Either way. Yeah, but here's the thing. And here's the truth about our business, okay? I have people say to me, isn't it great that female comedians are now equal and everything's great? I go, listen, that's not the truth. If you look at who's actually generating tickets and who's really working, mm-hmm. there's like five female acts. Really? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, yeah. It's, the numbers are always the same. Yeah. But the, if there's one big female comic, they go, well, there's Amy Schumer. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, bitch, that's one. Yeah. Now, yeah. don't worry about it. I know you're worried because you're like the white guy's... Are losing control. Yeah, I'm very worried. <laughs> and no, don't worry. <laughs> that, don't worry. The white. I, uh, here's here's the truth. This yeah. is a fucking. I think it's kind of a fad, like everything else in our business. And the pendulum's going to come back, and all the white guys will have their shit again. That's my prediction. You really think that? Yeah, I, I do. don't think so. How happy you look. I, do. I don't like you nodding like that. Yeah, I don't like the way you're nodding. Hey man. I, I don't think so. Hey, I, I, I think it's going to. Well, because it's, it's going to level out. It's going to level out. Right now we're being so. There's so much going on in society that the pendulum is all the way on one side and then it'll it'll come and, and, I, and to be truth be told I think that it had to swing the other side of course change right change it also we've we've done a lot of proving like Wonder Woman number one yeah. movie oh, female female mm. you know Crazy Rich Asians was oh. the number one movie right Amazing. we had to show Hollywood that no you're you're it was a little skewed in fact if I see a billboard of a show coming out and it's all white people I do mock at it <laughs> like for instance you do? You know, that, that Irish show with the kids that's on ABC oh, it was a, um, the kids are alright the kids are alright yeah that's about an I- Boston family I get that right yeah. but when it's like um, you know like that show Manifest mm-hmm. to me they're like are there ethnics on there I don't know I can't tell it does make me go um you know, I get weirded out about it a little bit. You can reach out to Tiger Belly the Show on Twitter at the Tiger Belly. That's T H E T I G E R B E L L Y. Comedian Christina Pajitsky can be reached at 
capital C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, capital P. That's Christina P. Kayla can be reached at Calamity K, which is spelled capital K-H-A-L-A-M-I-T-Y-K. Bobby Lee can be reached at Bobby Lee Live, B-O-B-B-Y-L-E-E-L-I-V-E. And the main show website, as linked on iTunes, is tigerbelly.libsyn.com forward slash podcast. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Right? Right. Our second offering of clips for the evening is a show I had not previously heard of, but found on Laughable. It's called The Ramble by Jerry Rocha. And its description says, Comedian Jerry Rocha talks about whatever is on his mind at the time. Fair enough. So the clip is from episode 160, which was released December 26, 2018. And its description says, In this one, Eddie and I talk holiday gifts, Santa dying, Star Wars, Nick Cave, Avengers, X-Men, and so, so much more. Enjoy. And this clip that I've picked for you features a discussion of death in films and a top ten list made up of them. By the way, the funniest death. Yeah. Oh, God, should we do this as a top ten? Top ten funniest deaths in a movie. Have we already done that? Should I Have we done that? Because sure? this is like Christopher Cross. Maybe that's like my favorite thing. Admiral Ozell. Admiral Oz. Okay. I don't remember that yeah. name. His IMD pictures him in a Nazi uniform. No. Was he in Indiana Jones or something? <laughs> he must have played some other Nazi thing. Because it was funny how, how the dude who was the ADAT pilot. Remember, <laughs> That's the, General Veers. Veer, he was also the villain. He was the main villain in Last Crusade. Yes, he was. I was like, so they, yeah. man, they love their, they use their guys, man. They use That's their great. guys, man. What was the, um, I don't think I have. All right. You know what? I want to do this. Top 10. Not next ramble because I. Have a oh, he good went one. to Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. He knows That's, how to see, fucking you just you choke. You don't fuck around. That would be a good ramble. The top ten funniest deaths. Michael Sheerad. Should we do funniest deaths or should... best deaths? What? Well, what? What constitutes the best death? Is like the most, just, inter- whoa, most entertainment? Was, yeah, most that entertaining was a great death. way to go. That was fucked. That Hans be... Gruber falling in slow motion. That. Oh my God. Uh, uh, Bill Do. Uh, no, no, no. What's his face? Um, fucking. Carl Weathers and Predator. Oh, Carl Weathers and Predator. Fuck. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a great one. Um, funniest, though, I think the funniest death I've ever seen in a movie was Christine. Yeah. The guy who owns the body shop when it yeah, crushes yeah, yeah. him. And there's this slow motion. I mean, it's not about to do this close up of his, this old man's face. And he's like, oh, he's like <laughs> crossing his eyes. And it's like, it's, it's just. It's the funniest. He makes the funniest fucking. Thing. What's the director doing? Go, oh yeah, it's good. John Carpenter. Just bring it back a little bit. Right. Less Benny Hill. And it just looks. Can we do less Benny Hill? It does look like Benny Hill's getting crushed. That's what's so fucking. How do you do that? That's what I want to do. Like that is such. That's one of my buddy Vincent Jeff. They we would watch that and just rewind it forty times and just laugh harder and harder every time. Like just like how the what the fuck is this like? Hey, you know they're not. They didn't do one take. They did multiple takes. And I think something else. It's always I wish they wouldn't do to actors, but it's the funniest thing if you watch Outbreak again. Remember that one with Dustin Hoffman when there's a scene when they're they're I guess playing chicken with the with the bomber that's going to come destroy the city, and they're in that helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like a shot of like major turbulence. And you see, like, he's, like, flailing, but you know he's just sitting, sitting still, still on a soundstage, just, like, waving his <laughs> arms. It's so stupid looking. I would hate, I would, that to me, I think, is if I were an actor, that'd be this, the most 
Fuck, do I have to just... That would be the hardest. I pretend that this plane is shaking, and you're like... Like emoting, shedding a tear? That's cake compared compared to to that shit. Like you're fucking flailing on a crashing ship. On a crash, like... When you're sitting still on a soundstage. you're just like waving your And everybody's just standing around you. Looking at you like you're a fucking idiot. Like (laughs) this fucking moron. So yeah, that's. I think that would be... But yeah, maybe we could do like... Should we do both? Like funniest deaths and then the coolest? Like back to back? Yeah, we could do that. All right, I have an idea, idea for my next top ten. That's though. a good one. I, I was inspired by Last Ramble. I hope everybody had a great holiday. By the way, yeah, I hope you did too. We we can't tell you what we got yet because we didn't. We don't know. Because <laughs> we're, we're talking to you from we're, the past. We're from the past. We're taping this before Christmas. <laughs> so, um, I think I was inspired. I think we should do top ten fictional characters who would make great head coaches. But like, oh, yeah, but we... within reason. I don't know how to. I don't know how to frame this because, like, yeah, of course you would say Cyclops or Captain America. But no, I want like that you wouldn't. Ex- you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? The people that you would least expect to be a great, like, of course you would put a superhero in a head coaching position. Of course you'd put John McClane. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. I'm thinking like, again, like the guy from Man of. Well, <laughs> after oh. I go. Come on, let me. You're going to let us stay with you? <laughs> like that guy who just, I mean, ice in his veins. Just doesn't. He is emotionless as his entire world crumbles. As he realizes he's trapped in a cult. Everything. He is just emotionless. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think how you could frame it. I don't know. Like Top 10. Fuck it. We'll do fictional. Let, fictional let the characters. ramblers do what just they want to do. Let them do what they want. Let them be organic. Let them have fun. But just know I'm going to pick dumb ones. <laughs> That's you know what I mean. I'm gonna pick <laughs> stupid ones that should not at all get head coaching jobs anywhere. Jerry Rocha can be reached on Twitter at Rocha Comedy. That is R O C H A C O M E D Y. Eddie Pence can be reached at Eddie Pence E D D I E P E N C E. Eddie Pence, by the way, is the vice host of the Ralph Report with Ralph Garman, who you might recall co-hosts another successful soundcast called Hollywood Babylon with soundcaster Kevin Smith over at Smodcast Internet Radio. If you'd like to visit Jerry Roach's website, it's jerryrochacomedy.com. J-E-R-R-Y-R-O-C-H-A-C-O-M-E-D-Y. Now, I've also taken note that the show has a wiki over at Fandom, and that's at theramblepodcast.fandom.com. So that's very cool. I like it when shows have wikis because it puts in me the hope that Succotash might have a wiki one day. Anyway... Next up, number three, The Smartest Man in the World. So I understand that former host, current executive producer of Succotash, Mark Hershon, clipped The Smartest Man in the World as recently as episode 186, called Seven for Tyson, which is a great episode, by the way, as are all of Mr. Hershon's episodes. They are my template, after all. The thing is, I don't really share what my clip choices are going to be with Mr. Hershon, so I already had a clip ready to go. I feel like maybe more information should be shared from my side of the table sometimes. We'll see. In the meantime... I wanted to feature this clip from Pennies, which was released on December 20th, 2018, because this clip is of host Greg Proop's farewell to Penny Marshall, who passed away on December 17th, 2018, and features his wife, artist, photographer, activist, and podcast host Jennifer Kanaka. Let's talk about Penny Marshall for just a second here. I wanted to read a couple things. Uh, Penny Marshall did something that uh, not a lot of comedians did. She was a performer... Um, who uh, started as a guest star, um, did a bunch of shows. Her, her brother, of course, uh, was a producer of uh, – Gary was a producer of The Odd Couple, who was only the Guardian newspaper and all English publications could say predeceased her. I, I can't think of a more awful word than that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in any case, um, Penny Marshall and Gary are, uh, are square dancing in the heavens right now, um, doing very broad jokes, I presume. <laughs> and uh, here's what makes Penny Marshall so bitchin' in so many ways. She held down the lead as um, a star on a 70s and early 80s um, sitcom. She made a $100 million movie and is the first woman to do so. She was nominated for Best Picture. She might be the second woman uh, next to Lena Wertmuller, who was nominated, I think, for Best Picture as a director. She um, made a bunch of um, mainstream comedies and other types of movies, thrillers and whatnot, in a time where uh, it was presumed that only men had that touch. Um, I don't think uh, she took any um, backseat to anybody as far as... uh, if you put Big and League of Their Own, uh, Awakenings and all that up against anybody's oeuvre from then, I think Penny Marshall is uh, an extraordinary comic mind. The thing she put forward is something that people related to. The reason why Big and A League of Their Own are so popular and so enduring is that th- there's not a lot of bullshit about the comedy. It's sentimental but in an old-fashioned way that makes it awesome. And there's a melancholy in both of those stories that's undersung, let's be honest. In Big, he's a child who moves into an adult's job, and then there's that weird sexual part where like, he might have an affair with Elizabeth Perkins, but they don't. And then in uh, A League of Their Own, which is, and I'm not going to go off about baseball, but I will go off about this. No male director ever thought to make a movie about the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. It took Penny Marshall Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. It took her with her power after Big to do that. It took her with her power to get Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Tia Leone, that cast of that movie, Laura Pate. Um, They're all athletes. You, Jennifer and I watched an interview with her, and she said she talked to lots of actresses, and if they didn't know about baseball and they couldn't play baseball, she threw them by the wayside. She said any actress that came in with ballet shoes on her didn't understand what the the scope of the picture was, was out. Gina Davis, Lori Petty, Madonna, Rosie got the idea. You had to be a ball player, first and foremost. You had to understand what that meant. Um, I have no notes about the picture. The only thing I'll say as an ad and um, and an Eric Estrada is that the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League was not a one-year affair as depicted in the picture. It was an eight-year affair. It was. It lasted a long time, and there was a lot of professional women athletes in the United States, white women, that played in the Midwest in, in this circuit. Um, yes, the character that Tom Hanks plays, which follows up his character in Big, who obviously... Big was a surprise hit for her, but it made a lot of money, a ton of money, and that's why she was able to make the women's baseball mm-hmm. picture, which no... But that was hard for her to get going. Absolutely hard for her. And... God bless Tom Hanks for coming in and playing. He's playing um, an actual ball player named Jimmy Fox, who was an alcoholic and did manage one of the women's teams during that era. And good for him for doing it. Um, It's a picture of sensitivity, but let's get to the chase on it. They don't win at the end. Their league is disbanded. They are not allowed to live their dream. It's On further viewings, it's nostalgic, but it's also not a male in a male movie they would win the pennant and there'd be a home run hit and they'd win and the whole thing and there'd be flags flying and banners flapping and like the natural and fireworks going off in this picture in the natural how old is he 50 like he's a thousand years old welcome to the major leagues mr hobbs he's 40 um 
at the end of this picture, they, if you recall, the Schindler's listed at the end, and they all reconvene at the hall where they're given a small exhibit and Dottie's there and whatnot. And all of it's quite true. Quite, quite true. And uh, it's, uh, it's an extraordinary moment, I think, in a lot of ways. Not just because it's a great... It's a comedy movie. Uh, it's really funny. Uh, there's a lot of great jokes in it. Um, what does Madonna say? What if I slide and my uniform slides down and everyone sees my bosom? And Rosie O'Donnell goes, do you think there's anyone in America who hasn't seen your bosom? Um, and then, uh, the, you know, they, they go through all the... Um, uh, how great of athletes they were. They weren't allowed to wear pads. They had to wear skirts. They had to take deportment. All those things are true that are in the picture. They had male groupies. Um, which they sometimes eschewed, uh, because you can imagine during the war. Um, they were also, uh, you know, it's that weird, it's a glorious mixture of the tokenism of World War II, when women were allowed to all of a sudden take over because men were gone, mm -hmm. um, but also the glory of what women did during World War II. The women were allowed to be professional athletes and they murdered it. Women were allowed to run things and they murdered it. And then men came back. And Penny Marshall's kind of a, if you'll pardon, a terrible metaphor for that in the 80s and 90s. She murdered it until men came back in and kind of pushed her out a little bit in the early 2000s. Um, I think she's an extraordinary filmmaker for that regard. I think she's an amazing comedian in many ways. Um, I wouldn't go into anything but to say her life is an artistic triumph as a comic. And I think that there's nothing higher you can say about someone like her. Um, women don't get a chance at the big table, even if they're connected like she was. And she was a little bit connected. And the fact that she made pictures that were so big and that she made pictures that were nominated for Best Picture. Well, it's Picture. a testament to her power that she stood apart from Rob Reiner, Carl Reiner, her brother Gary. You Spielberg, don't, You blah, think blah, blah, of her separate, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's... Impressive. Greg Proops can be reached on Twitter at capital G R E G capital P R O O P S. Jennifer Kanaga does not appear to be on Twitter. The smartest man in the world can be found uh, not only where all podcasts can be found, but its home site is smartest.libson.com. And Greg Proops' website is www.gregproops.com. Once again, G R E G P R O O P S. This episode of Succotash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TRUMPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. Trump Poetry. Our first selection is from March 1st, 2019, episode 691. The new EPA head named Wheeler is a big-time coal industry dealer. As his underlings flee, he claims progress is key, this safeguard protection repealer. And from March 11th, 2019, number 681, how many billion dollars does it take? To build a border wall that does not break. How long must lies and prejudice persist to sell a crisis that does not exist? $25 million for each mile would fund our schools quite nicely for a while. But God's anointed Savior leads our nation with Trump in charge. Who needs an education? 
There was a time Republicans stood fast against all debt, but lo, that time is past. Now lining up to feed the great machine, they're printing cash at rates that are obscene. Security is pushed like a narcotic. This is 700 miles of idiotic. Right? Right. All right, coming in at the number four position, it is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Not to be confused with Comedy Bang Bang, the television show, the lunchbox, or the breakfast cereal. And it's by Earwolf and Scott Ackerman. Uh, for those of you who've never listened to Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, uh, it's, here's its description. It says, join host Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang from IFC and Mr. Show for a weekly podcast that blends conversation and character work from today's funniest comedians. While Scott begins by traditionally interviewing the celebrities, the open-door policy means an assortment of eccentric oddballs can pop up any moment to chat, compete in games, and engage in comic revelry. With all that and regular bonus episodes, we bet your favorite part will still be the plugs. Well, I chose to clip from episode 547, whose guests are John Mulaney, Seth Morris, and Betsy Sodaro. This was released on May 21st, 2018. And its description reads, Stand-up comedian John Mulaney joins Scott to talk about the process of writing transitions for his new special, Kid Gorgeous at Radio City, where he would like to haunt as a ghost and his celebrity net worth. Then, sports bar poet Clovis Mandrake stops by to read some of his work. Plus, former teapot Mrs. Potts returns to talk about her new love interest. So in this particular clip is the introduction of Miss Potts and some additional material. <laughs> Comedy Bang Bang, we are back. John Mulaney is here. Kid Gorgeous. Uh, I mean, huh. you still consider yourself a kid, and you consider yourself to be gorgeous. Uh, no, this is this is not about you. No, it's not about me. No, it's just a title. This this, this hour is not about me. No, this is uh, about various subject matters that have nothing to do with you. Please, it's of not course. about me. It's about you, the audience. Of course, yeah, Absolutely. and your relationship to the material. Absolutely. And speaking of material, here's Clovis Mandrake, who's written approximately four poems. Um, and uh, not in my whole life. That's just what I brought here. To sure, prepare. of course. Yeah, you, you can't. I mean, what do you plenty? Uh, I've, right? I've self-published eight books. Wow. Mm-hmm. How thick are the books? Oh, well, it's one of them just like a little slam book, you know, just like a short, short thing. That's the first one. But the, uh, right. my latest one, my latest book's about 150 pages. 150 pages. Is there a poem on every page? Is that the uh, Clovis Mandrake promise? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or just some of them spill over into a second page? <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Like, is it 150 poems or are we talking like 80 that are spread out over? Uh, I don't remember precisely how. I mean, there are. I do. Use, I was playing around with some uh, some some of the geography of words, and so I use large font for some of them. Mm, right? Yeah, like words that are meant to be. There's read. a poem called "Pay Attention." <laughs> the font gets progressively bigger. Well, and what is the subject matter of that? Uh, How's it related? Ignoring me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, speaking of ignoring someone, let us ignore her no longer. She is a, uh, a wonderful returning friend to the show. She's been on the show before. Uh, people uh, may remember her from A Tale as Old as Time, uh, oh. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, please welcome back to the show, Mrs. Potts. Oh, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Tale as old as time. Yes, that was your song in the in the movie. Tale as old as time. Uh, yes. That was it. Thank you for <laughs> having me back, Scott. Our pleasure. This is John. Oh, uh, hello. Hello, Mrs. Potts. And, of course, Clovis Mandrake. Oh, yes, I remember reading your poems to my son, Chip, who died. 
Oh, I'm so from sorry. From smallpox as soon as we became humans again. Yeah, let's catch the uh, the new listeners up <sighs> to your story. You, of course, uh, are uh, one of the characters in the movie Beauty and the Beast. Yes, uh, my life. Your life story. Yes. Uh, you sold the life rights. Sold uh, my life rights to <laughs> Disney. <laughs> and uh, now you, you uh, were a human being. Was a human being, got cursed because my boss was a dick to a little witch. Right. Uh, and then... Turned into a... Turned tea, into a teapot. A teapot, an anthropomorphic teapot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and how long were you a teapot? It was hundreds Ooh, of years? Hun- yes, like uh, 175 years. 175 yes. years. And that's a, that's a, about as many uh, John Mulaney's as Matt Groening is. <laughs> um, now... Uh, you then turned into a human. Yes, we and, turned back. Uh, as did Chip. Mm. And Chip was your son. He was yes. a little teacup, as I recall. Yes, a little, he was. And he had a little chip. He had a little chip. He had a, and that turned out to be that chip, that defect turned out to be smallpox. Smallpox. And he died. Yes. Uh, he would have lived forever as a little teacup, but yes. he passed away yes. the minute he turned back. It's Not the minute he turned back. Pretty quick. Really? How long did it take? Pretty, like two days. Two days. And he immediately got smallpox. It's hard being had, a human. Had he contracted it early, uh, prior to the uh, curse and it just had uh, – he was in the last throes of it or did he contract it immediately upon turning he human? He immediately got – he just wow. jumped into a quick. pile of blankets. Oh, no. And one had smallpox on it. That is a yes. terrible story. Yes. But, but and, and you were also – you were married to uh, – you had a husband when you were a, a teapot. It was a Mr. Coffee. A Mr. Coffee, yes. And, but he he was not a former human that had been cursed. Right. He was just a coffee pot. And he was not anthropomorphic. It was no. just a coffee pot. He's still just a coffee pot mm-hmm. in do you, Bavaria. Do you ever see him? No. We some Sometimes I'll Google him, but no, not really. You Google that particular <laughs> coffee pot or yeah. the model that he the, – The serial number and all. I have it all. OK. But um, I'm over <laughs> him. You can Google specific <laughs> coffee pots by their serial number. Yes, yes. You can Google <laughs> – Anything, Scott. Okay. I'd imagine have, lots of images come up if you just Google Mr. Coffee. So she, yeah, right. Yeah. To see I need the specific one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you put it in quotes at all? Like quote before the Mr. and then after the coffee? Because I would imagine you would get a lot of like people drinking coffee <laughs> without the quote. I don't know why I'm asking you this. Anyway, it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. You could ask me that. <laughs> ask me whatever. Okay. Is your is your former husband seen anybody new? Yes, apparently he's seen some tea bags. Oh. oh, okay. It's fine. I'm over him. I'm happy to be a human again. Well, you broke it off, or he broke oh, he broke it off when you became human. I because it I, doesn't seem like the Mister non anthropomorphic coffee pot that doesn't move has much agency over its own body. That's true. So, that's true. So you didn't you break it off? I broke it off. Mm. I broke it off. I thought, well, I'm a human now. I should probably try to. Be with the human, right? But it's been hard. But I have found love, Scott. You have. I this found a new love. announcement. It's a new announcement. I have. Ah. I'm in love with Alexa. Alexa, Alexa. Yes. What's what's Alexa's last name? Echo. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean the 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 uh, uh, AI, the artificial yes. intelligence Alexa yes, from. I get the best of both worlds. I get an object and kind of a human. 
Okay. So like an Alexa dot, is it like a ov- uh, not ovular, but circular? Yes. Spherical. Like, yeah. One of those like kind of, um, yeah, cylinder. It's a cylinder. Cylinder. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. oh, I see where this is going. <laughs> where? You, have you heard of a Steely Dan situation? I'm a big fan. Are you really? Not of the band. Of the oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So then you then we know exactly oh, where yes, this is going. Yes, yes. But no, I haven't done that with Alexa yet. Oh. Hmm. No. What have you done? You open the door, I uh, yes, know, yes, and I, I'm gonna crawl through the window. Crawl on through the window. <laughs> I've I've oh, we we're so so far we're playing it kind of slow. We're taking it a little uh, slow. That's good, that's good. In I don't want to rush into yeah. anything. Especially when you were in a relationship for hundreds of years. I can only imagine it takes yeah, some time. It to, takes a lot of time. It takes about time. half the time of the relationship to get over a relationship. Yeah, so. just and like jet grieving. lag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, and you're grieving. Yes. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I'm still getting over Mr. Coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, and your son had died. Oh, yes. And Chip. <laughs> Chip with the smallpox. Yes. That's, yeah. of course, really getting me. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, me and Alexa, we – I so far, I've just asked her to tell me what a penis is. <laughs> you know, I just go, Alexa, what's a penis? And then she describes it to me. I'm like, oh, yeah. So this is a – Oh, th- yeah. So so you you were uh, – are, are you pansexual or uh- – I what. Does that mean I like pans? Because, yeah, I'm into anything. Comedy Bang Bang can be reached on Twitter at Comedy Bang Bang, which is capital C-O-M-E-D-Y, capital B-A-N-G, capital B-A-N-G. Scott Ackerman can be reached at all lowercase S-C-O-T-T-A-U-K-E-R-M-A-N. Seth Morris can be reached at Seth is Morris, which is at S-E-T-H-I-S-M-O-R-R-I-S. Betsy Sodaro can be reached at Birdie So Dirty, which is capital B-I-R-D-Y, capital S-O-D-E-R-D-Y. John Mulaney can be reached at Mulaney, M-U-L-A-N-E-Y, and Earwolf, of course, can be reached at Earwolf, E-A-R-W-O-L-F. And Comedy Bang Bang is hosted at www.earwolf.com forward slash show forward slash comedy bang bang. Or, of course, you can just Google the words comedy, bang, and it'll probably finish it up for you before you even got the uh, A of the first bang out. By the way, I've been getting into Bollywood films, and if Comedy Bang Bang were made into a Bollywood film, it would probably be called Comedy Doom Doom, or whatever the word for comedy is, plus Doom Doom, and that's D-H-O-O-M. That's not a joke. It's just logical. Anyway... Number five tonight, The Mike O'Meara Show, with Oscar Santana and Rob Spiewak. Mike O'Meara used to co-host a show called The Don and Mike Show for many years, with Don Geronimo, also known as Mike Source. The Mike O'Meara Show is described as a fun mashup of real-life pop culture, news of the day, dynamic audio clips, and four guys busting each other's balls. The clip is from episode 2138. It's called X-Ray Vision. It was released December 14, 2018. And his description reads, Holiday Rage, plus Bad Santa, Bad Yoda, Bad Neighbors, and Bad Skill Sets. Also, Good Cookies. Ho, ho, ho. In this clip, Mike talks about being the parent of a five-year-old and a bit of Star Wars. I'm not a monster. Hey, I don't do that on demand. He had had trouble with steady. 
steady. I, he's he knows five. the whole thing. What are you, he's, a stage he, guy? He takes it. Yeah, yeah, I am a little bit. He takes it almost to, uh, you know, don't know whether to break it or leave it. I've been obsessed with it. It's an earworm that I've been saying. Um, I got one last pimple from going steady with you. Ooh, 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 ooh. Don't know whether to break it. Or leave it alone. It's the only one I call on my own. And today, at the breakfast table, as the sun was coming up here in West South Florida, he busted into that, and I leaned back in my chair and and screamed laughing. And of course, he's a five year old, and as soon as he sees that, perfect encouragement. He yeah. It. yeah, is that so, the first time you'd heard him sing it? So you didn't even know he had it committed to memory. We were in the car one day, just driving, and we're singing that song, and he starts laughing. He liked it, so I kept doing it mm-hmm. and doing it, doing it, and uh, and then I didn't know that he retained it. You got to be mindful of these little brains, these oh, little yeah. five year olds, because you know, good, bad, ugly. They they imprint things. Oh, yeah. That's the way. This is the like, for example, uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Not a cool moment when uh, Darth Vader in that initial fight is beheaded. Yes. And you look down and it's actually uh, uh, Luke. Luke Skywalker's head. Mm-hmm. That was a moment that I can't get back. And, and But it didn't traumatize him. So I'm very fortunate uh, with that one. So that's that's what that. about when uh, brother and sister uh, make out? They never yeah, really in, make out. You mean in the uh, in the movie? Well, I don't know. By the way, uh, I'm a Star Wars complete rude. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about it. I didn't. I didn't get caught up. I saw the first one, and then I I could I so couldn't tell you. So if he ever uh, comes to you and says, um, "Is it okay to love my sister?" Yeah, because he's seen uh, Luke and Leia. Luke and Leia just uh, are Luke and Le- Leia related? Yes, oh, oh, brother and yeah. sister. Well, they swap spit all the time in the first two movies. Well, they, there's occasional kissing. There's nothing like a like a makeout session, like Oscar's painting. Yeah, it. they make out. They the one I saw was like a real like. It's like know, taboo six. <laughs> it's a category. Yeah. How come they're how come they're related? I well, they had the same a... parents. So Darth Vader is Princess Leia's. Uh, this is excellent. Yeah. Please keep going down this Do, road. Wait, of Darth, Va- Darth Vader is Princess Leia's father. Yep. Mm-hmm. Re- is that, is that true? I mean, that is you, honest, don't honest, stick no. with me, Rob. Hey, you are know you I really? don't fool around with Star Wars. No, that's true. So, so Darth Vader is, and who's uh, the mother? Who is Do the we mother? Ever have the mother? I don't think the it? mother is really a player. A tramp. <laughs> Some <laughs> interstellar tramp. whore. Uh, can you? All right, help don't me go out with there. This? <laughs> a tramp was good enough. Can Jesus. you tell me? How so it you? goes. It goes. Star Wars, and then it's like, what, The New Hope? That's what they renamed it? Yeah, that's it. Uh A New Hope. Then it goes Empire Strikes Back. Right. And then... What's the next one after that? Return of the Jedi, and he'll love that because that's all Muppets. That's got the Ewoks in it. Uh, Return of the Jedi is a good one. My favorite as a child. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll watch it this weekend. Uh, What comes after Return of the Jedi? Technically, episode one, which is... Which Which is is all CGI. It's horrible. Then two and three. Then... Uh, what is it? The Last Jedi is the mm-hmm. seventh one, and that is an excellent film. So Daddy will even go, like that one. So Return of the Jedi is the third one? Yeah, or is it'll probably be listed episode six. Wait, can I ask a question why they nerd it up? Because George Lucas is a nerd? Is that uh, why they do that? Sometimes the answer's in the question, Mike. Okay, so also, the, that's it. Right. Now, so I, I you got it. the taboo side of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense now why Darth Vader looks at the hel- the his helmet looks the way it does. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's been doing that over the galaxy all the time. Um, all- <laughs> 
Is he making a penis joke? Mike, this is what we like to call, and it happens every December, Half-Baked Comedy Concept Friday. And okay. he's right on All top right. of it. I understand. Okay. I understand. I'm winning. Uh, this is the only time you can ever talk to someone that you think knows the plot arc of Star Wars. I'm and winning. And you, you can start planting these wonderful gems into his subconscious. Be like, oh, that does look like a penis. That's right. Oh, can, exactly. I make a, can I make a uh, comment about Yoda in, uh, in uh, The Empire Strikes Back? Will you do it in Yoda's to- voice? When they go to Yoda's planet, they go Yoda's eyes. Yoda's eyes look like puppet eyes. They don't move. <laughs> yes, he blinks, but right, yeah, like when he's on the back. When he's on the back, you know, riding around, going, "Of course." <laughs> his eyes, his eyes are the same. Ago, and it is yeah, I know it's thirty years ago. That worked for me. You know? <laughs> Yoda, Yoda with same eye expression. I might as well leave it all time. Mm. The Jedi cry. Master might as well be animal from the. Muppet show. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> it's so true. It is true. I, how, I, do we, I, how did we buy into it? Eyes never change expression. <laughs> mm, like, and he's and they're dead. dead if eyes. you go back, all right. You want to have fun this weekend? Oh my go god! Back. Hey nerds, nerds. I know we got a lot of people that love it. Go back, watch uh, the Empire Strikes Back, and look at how dead blind. I mean, you could put, you could stack. Yoda up against Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman, and you get the same eye, <laughs> eye expression. What There's if, nothing what, going on because it's like Pacino, they're plastic. Mm, blind, I, blind I am. Wouldn't it be great if Pacino had that role in Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> there okay, is no try. Who now, are, now, now Rob and I are at the gig. <laughs> Rob and I are in the Catskills right now. <laughs> what, what, you know, uh, what about this? Screwed you all. <laughs> huh? uh, what? I'm sorry. Never mind. Use the force. Use the force, Luke. Can you imagine Pacino? Use the force. Come on. Al Pacino in a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke Skywalker running around. All right. <laughs> Sit over there in the jungle. I'm going to use my little three-fingered hand to pull your starship out of the muck. Watch this. Watch the Look, come on. Lift out of the muck. Come on. Ooh, let's go. Yeah, there you go. The Michael Mara Show can be reached on Twitter at Michael Mara Show. That's capital M-I-K-E, capital O, capital M-E-A-R-A, capital S-H-O-W. Michael Mira can be reached at Michael S-O-Mira, which is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-O-M-E-A-R-A. Oscar Santana can be reached at Oscar Radio at O-S-C-A-R-R-A-D-I-O. Rob Spiewak can be reached at R-O-B-B-S-P-E-W-A-K. And The Michael Mara Show can be found at michaelmarashow.com. I actually had it recommended to me also by Laughable. Thank you, Laughable. And our final clip for the evening is a show called Open Tabs. So this show is a spinoff of BirdCast's podcast by Bert Kreischer. So the way this happened, on March 15th, 2018, the first Call Into Sick Work show debuted in the same stream as BirdCast. And on April 12th, 2018, number five of the Call Into Sick to Work shows was rebranded as Open Tabs. And it says in its description, we changed the name from Call Into Sick to Work show to Open Tabs. Thanks, everyone, for all the suggestions. On today's episode, I go through Porn Stars, Something's Burning, Bam Margera, Ron White, Mattis Yahoo, Shaq, Charles Barkley, and much more. So in this clip, Bert speaks of Michael Rappaport, the actor and filmmaker who directed the 2011 documentary Beats, Rhymes, and Life, The Travels of a Tribe Called Quest. It's an excellent documentary, by the way, if you're into their music, or even if you're not and you're just curious about who they are, it's a great documentary. Bert also speaks of his experience of the musical group, A Tribe Called Quest, which I, I found fascinating. 
So Michael Rapoport was on an episode of Something's Burning with Whitney Cummings. That's coming out soon. Uh, as is Chris D'Elia, Bobby Lee, as is Todd Glass and me and Rachel, kind of. Uh, we've got a bunch coming out. We're shooting some more. We're going to shoot, hopefully we shoot one with Josh Wolf and Freddie Prince uh, Jr. And anyway, I, I just follow Michael Rapoport. He was on an interview and they were asking him about the documentary he did about a tribe called Quest. I guess uh, Quest, one of the guys in Tribe Called Quest died. Q-tip? Hmm. I don't know. I'm not. By the way, I wasn't. A, I was never a big Tribe Called Quest fan. Only because I always felt like my thing with my thing with hip hop was I, I felt like that was. Ma- I felt like Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul were made for black people. Like it was. Does that make sense? Like I remember Patrice O'Neill one time telling me uh, Mob Deep was for black people. Like that's why they didn't cross over because it was made for black people, and I, I remember hearing that and going, "That makes total sense." Like I like De La Soul, and I like Tribe Called Quest, but I, I never felt like it was made for me because when they make hip hop, this is by the way, Burt Kreischer's uh, uh, user's guide to hip hop. When they make hip hop, you make it for the town you live in. So, for instance, I grew up in Florida. Florida was a big base, drive around your car, cruise the strip kind of area, as is Atlanta, as is a little bit Texas. And so the kind of hip-hop we got was real bass involved. Like, all the hip-hop I listened to growing up was, uh, roll it up, my thing, thing, roll it up, boom, 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 boom. Bass was really involved in ours. In New York, they didn't have bass. So... I mean, they, they had, but they didn't have cars. Everyone listened in headsets. So it was more like, like rhyme, rhyme-tastic. It was, that's not a word, but it was more based on the verbiage and the wording and, and how great a, ra- a rapper you were. In LA, it was all about cruising slow. So they had the ding, dong, ding, 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 It was about get, you know, so that's how you took in your rap music. And I always felt like, Tribe Called Quest, this is my opinion, which is going to be sound racist. I always felt like it was made for the cast of a different world. Like for, do you know what the different world is? Anyway, that was an all-black college uh, that Bill Cosby produced. Uh, It was a TV show where Lisa Bonet was in it. And I always felt like they were all real socially conscious. They were all real proactive socially with their culture. And when I listened, first heard Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul, I went, oh, that should, that, that's not for me. Like, I didn't, I never felt like it was for me. It was definitely for Michael Rapoport because he's doing a documentary on Tribe Called Quest. And then I was like, I haven't really listened to Tribe Called Quest. And so I went on this Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul fucking meltdown, by the way. You want to know how white I was? I just listened to Third Base. By the way, Third Base holds up to this day. The gas face holds up. But this is... Like, so, and I, let's break it down if we can. All these guys, when I looked at them as a kid, I just figured they went to college. They weren't cartoonish as the way I saw NWA. I felt like NWA was marketed to me. When I saw these guys, I was like, oh, they're, I always just felt like they were meant for black people. 
Does that sound crazy? Anyway. Fife Dog. Like his shirt's tucked in. Like, Fife Dog's the one that passed away. And I, and oh, here's why I got into that. I was watching credits, trying to figure out how to do the credits for my Netflix special that's coming out soon. Netflix special coming out soon. And I watched Dave Chappelle's. And Dave Chappelle closed his special by saying, rest in peace, Fife Dog. And I went, oh, I've never really listened to Tribe Called Quest. And so I went on a big Tribe Called Quest thing, which took me to a De La Soul fucking spiral. And I remember Sean Hooker loved them. And then I got into uh, I got into Netflix. And I started from Dave Chappelle. I saw this thing called Thor. Have you seen this? It's a rock band named Thor. It was this one guy who was like ripped out muscles. He had a hammer. He had like a... And, and it was a, it's a really interesting documentary. Listen to the documentary. Watch the documentary. That's not what I'm here to talk about. By the way, I just wanted to put... I wanted to put a pin in something and talk about something. What were we going to talk about? Fuck me. My brain is fucking falling apart. So you can follow Bert Kreischer on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's Bert Kreischer, which is B-E-R-T-K-R-E-I-S-C-H-E-R. It's not Bert Chrysler, as some people have incorrectly stated. On YouTube, his channel is capital A-K-R-E-I-S-C-H-E-R. Capital A isn't just indicating a singular Chrysler. It is actually his first initial. Albert is his name. It's a good name. It's King's name. And BertBertBert.com is where you can find his tour dates and his merchandise. All right, and finally tonight, the second and final Versadurst for the evening. This one is from February 15th of 2019. It is simply titled The Wall, in which our intrepid correspondent muses extensively on the wall. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about Donald Trump and his wall. Not the karmic wall built around him by spending all his political capital sucking up the superstitious xenophobes. No, no, no. We're talking about his obsession with a physical structure on our southern border, which he's variously described as being big, beautiful, see-through, transparent, steel slats, concrete, fences, barriers, whatever you want to call it. You could call it peaches. Recently, the president switched from having his rallies chant, build the wall, to finish the wall, as if he already started it, which is like a naked guy asking for alterations to the cuffs of the suit he isn't wearing and doesn't own. Just adding a couple of chapters to that whole emperor's new clothes analogy. After a 35-day government shutdown, this new resolution gives him less money for his wall than Democrats agreed to give in December. They don't call him Mr. Art of the Deal for nothing. Here's a question. How exactly does he plan to build a 1,952-mile-long wall on the Mexican border without using Mexican labor? Is he going to draft housewives from La Jolla? Marilyn, hand me that masonry trowel. He should build a wall around his refrigerator is what he should do. But they're taking all our jobs. Dude, 
If you're losing your job to someone with a fifth-grade education who doesn't speak English, maybe immigration isn't your biggest problem. Now, he says he's going to run an end around by declaring a national emergency and taking money from other programs to build this precious wall. And he is certainly right on that point. This country is at a deep national emergency. The problem is, the national emergency is him. For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. You can find Will Durst on Twitter and Facebook. He's at W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T. You can go to willdurst.com, where he has the Will Durst Journal, which features comedy for people who read or know someone who does. Check his website for touring dates and appearances. Well, there's another episode sorted and served up. I hope it was to your liking. Remember, it's the tasting plate of just a small portion of the type of comedy content or alleged comedy content you could find if you happen to be looking for an alternative to terrestrial radio. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a soundcast, so you're wondering what they might sound like. I've only scratched the surface of what's available in one genre. There are also sketch and narrative-based comedy soundcasts, and if you like a few more examples of what else there is out there... Might I direct you to the show archive at www.suckatashshow.com. Suckatash is S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H, and show is S-H-O-W. Just put those words together into your browser. As of right now, there's 188 at least more episodes worth of clips, bursts of durst, and episodes featuring our first quote sponsor, unquote, Henderson Pants, to be enjoyed. As long as the EMP from a nearly inevitable nuclear conflict doesn't wipe out all electronic traces of our program... If you want entertainment in your bunker, I'd recommend collecting these episodes as soon as you can. Make your own time capsule if you like. Or you could even start telling other people about this program so that they can listen to us and potentially enjoy us and add us to their apocalypse playlist, amongst other forms of digital entertainment. If you did that, we'd be friends for life, because that's what we mean when we gently implore you to please pass the succotash. You've been listening to Suckatash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on Donder, on Blitzen, on iHeartRadio, and on... <laughs> the laughable app. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at TysonSaner at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll or call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us by using our direct upload link at itail.com slash you slash Succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, hosted by Tyson Sainer. Our executive producer is Mark Hershon. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye. Goodbye.